Secondary's volume in the first half of the year increased to $46 billion, which compares with $18 billion in the first half of 2020, when the secondary's market was frozen during the early days of COVID. The market is thawed and then some, with sponsor-led transactions, including continuation funds and single-asset deals, accounting for 57% of the volume. Meanwhile, many LPs are keen to consolidate their private equity relationships while secondaries purchasers want to balance out concentrated exposure from those single-asset deals. Today, we'll discuss the effect this has on the LP half of the market going into the end of 2021. I'm Michael Baruch with Secondaries Investor, and welcome to Spotlight. In 2020, GP LEDs became the dominant secondaries transaction for the first time, and they remain dominant through the first half of 2021. I think we're so early in the life cycle of the single asset continuation funds. That's Mike Custer, head of secondaries at the White Plains, New York-based advisory M2O. The single asset market was attractive during COVID since it offered high transparency to assets in a time of significant uncertainty. As COVID begins its long unwind, there is still lots of opportunity. I just think that there's so much more market opportunity with GPs that are unfamiliar with how continuation fund transactions or GP-sponsored secondary transactions work that, you know, if there are headwinds, it might slow the growth, but I think the market will continue to grow. That's not to say there aren't some headwinds in GP transactions. That rapid growth is putting a strain on secondary buyers in terms of the human resources required to keep up. Language rattling around Congress regarding expanding the length of holds from three to five years to gain favorable tax treatment has cast a perilous light on continuation vehicles, while economic turbulence in China could presage a slowdown in global growth. There are regulatory and macroeconomic headwinds in the marketplace that will test the portfolios these buyers have created. You know, once we go through a full cycle of these deals being monetized within buyers' portfolios if the performance and the alpha they're trying to create by doing more concentrated types of transactions doesn't outweigh the risk of taking that more concentrated bet, then the GPs or the the buyers of the world and LPs that are in these secondary funds may take stock and reallocate resources. Again, the success, I think, of the single asset GP-led business is really going to hinge on the success of those legacy deals that have gotten done. Diversified LP portfolios are a critical counterweight to the concentrated exposure built up in buyers' portfolios. I think it's critical. I mean, it's what the market was founded on. It's about mitigation of the J-curve and capital coming back quickly because you're investing in funds that are at different points in their life cycle. That part of the market, it will never go away. Q1 2020 valuation marks were generally low due to the brief but intense uncertainty around COVID. They quickly rebounded, but there was a persistent mismatch between buyers looking for a discounted deal and sellers who remained well capitalized. The sellers just felt like, you know, we're still in a crisis environment. It's just a bad look to be selling. They didn't have liquidity needs. That's Jake Stiver, M2O's head of LP secondaries. Many of them had learned the lessons of the GFC in which there was a lot of hasty selling that wound up being premature and rock bottom prices. And, you know, people were a lot more prudent about it this time. The trickle of a return of sellers to the market was pretty incremental. And I would say at the beginning of the year, it was very, you know, a bit slower than expected. So how does the LP side of the market sit now? Stiver is finally seeing strong recovery from sellers in the early part of the second half. The deluge is happening now. And I think the second half is going to be a pretty voluminous period of time, probably comparable to 2019 levels. And I think we're going to be back to, you know, over 50% LP volume by the end of the year. Now that deal flow is back and competing with the newfound GP deal flow, buyers are finding it hard to focus. There are deals that we have in the market now that are 
you know, pretty class A, you know, very, very high quality. Uh, and we actually have to fight the key buyers engaged because they have to, they're literally telling us that they have to pick their spots and choose between two deals that they don't have the bandwidth to work on both. In Q1 and Q2, Stiver says, buyers were eager to deploy to get ahead of their 2021 targets. Now, buyers are picking their spots more carefully, going for really high quality deals because they're bumping up against their allocation limits. Despite this, there is no shortage of new capital being raised for the strategy. One thing that we are continuing to hear is the attractiveness of the secondary strategy to LPs. And just the availability of capital, I think, is on the upswing for that, which is part of what's driving, you know, with larger funds among the well-established players, as well as new entrants. As those new players join, they, as well as existing players, are becoming increasingly specialized in order to find an edge in the marketplace. There have been some significant new entrants to some of those strategies that you mentioned. There's a couple of new entrants to real estate. The real estate market is really deepening mm. and, and starting to mushroom. There's quite a number of new strategic entrants to infra, and there's quite a number of new entrants to credit. And some of those are entirely new firms that are springing up, and some of them are spinouts, and some of them are just new programs being set up by well-established kind of broad-based secondary buyers. But the deepening of the market, the bullishness of the market, and the uh, you know just the versatility of a wide variety of different types of buyers, we've been able to move funds in every strategy type pretty full prices. M2O has a dual focus on the GP and LP parts of the market. Historically, the cash flows have been more predictable on the LP side of things, while the GP side of the market has more attractive margins in return for increased complexity and binary transaction risk. We have a philosophy that we want to be in both sides of the market, you know, both from an economic perspective, they're very different, but also just from a synergistic perspective. The information gained from one side of the market can improve transactions that happen on the other. You know, we're in more dialogue with more GPs on a daily basis than we've ever been through, you know, getting consents for transfers and talking about NDAs, our LP-led process. While more education is still required on both sides, as more firms want to take advantage of the growing market, the emerging consensus is that 2021 will be the biggest volume year in secondary's history. Though, we'll have to wait until early next year to see whether the LP portfolio market retakes its majority or whether GP-LEDs and continuation vehicles will continue their recent dominance. Present conditions have created a great opportunity, Stiver says, to bring an LP deal to market. I would say, you know, just in terms of uh, anybody who may be considering bringing a deal to market this year, you know, we're just sort of talking about this internally this morning. You know, the market is really on fire right now. Pricing is just absolutely back up to peak levels um, across the board, in some cases better than, than, than I've ever seen. If you want to learn more about secondaries, be sure to follow our continued coverage at secondariesinvestor.com. If you want to hear more episodes of Spotlight, you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts or at PEI's various titles online. For Secondaries Investor, I'm Michael Baruch. Thanks for listening.